Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. All right. You know what that means? You're listening to the mystery of parenthood. And um, before we get started on this great show, we say it's great. We think it's going to be great. Um, we're going to start with our prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, Grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you who is life, truth, and love with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray for us. St. John Paul II, pray for us. St. Michael and St. Joseph, please pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Hey, so yeah, we're I'm kind of excited about this. Um, Thaddeus had a um, had an encounter he was sharing with me with his son, and I think it I think um, and he suggested it might be a topic for the show, and and I think that um, I think it fits right in. I think it's just an extension, and maybe something we can play off um, in terms of furthering kind of the mystery of parenthood and that. So without me butchering your story <laughs> hi Trey, you how you doing i'm good man thaddeus is here so yes in the house yes uh, and um it's uh we're recording on a monday and um it's kind of neat that we're going to talk about this too because um it's mary mother of the church oh yeah the new feast that pope francis instituted two years ago i think awesome um and so man you know, the, the family is the domestic church, and I think the topic, and it's really like a launching point for just talking yeah, about discussion. a lot of things, but um, it it really is about how the, the domestic church, the family is a little, a little instance, uh, a microcosm, to use a fancy word, of of the church universal, and this also is about how life in the family is a microcosm of life itself and God's plan for humanity. So I was, we were on our way home from a a sporting, a a sporting event. I think it was, I'm not sure if it was baseball or swimming. And my oldest son, we were, we were talking and, and he um, observed that, you know, God is pouring out his graces and he is, he sent, Jesus to tell us his good news and um, but kind of wondering you know why why do people not respond and, and why are there um, you know different Christian religious traditions and why are there some people who you know reject Christianity at all and we kind of were talking and we asked, I asked him like lots of questions to try to prompt his memory banks to recall things that we, that he knows. And we've talked about in the family before. And you know, what we, what we came up with together was, well, if God made us believe in him, if he made us love him, um, well then it wouldn't be a, a love relationship. And, and what God wants is for us to love him uh in the in the way in a similar way 
that he loves us, not the exact same way that would be impossible for us, but um, he loves us and he desires for us to, to love him and to return, to return to him ultimately in heaven. Um, And so I pointed out that, and just, it occurred to me kind of in that moment, I had this, this made this connection that, and I said to him, it's very similar as a matter of fact to how it is in, in our family and that, you know, mama and I, we can, we're, we're going to spend all these years kind of pouring out grace on you in terms of love and our guidance and the structure of the family and our traditions and um, our, our habits as a family and our the, the way we treat one another, the way we live together, the way we love one another, the way we sacrifice one another, our beliefs, our values, our example, listed many of these, of these things. And at the same time, you're going to be able to, ultimately you're going to be able to cast that aside and go your own road or choose to live within that, Mm -hmm. that tradition or that culture or that truth the truth that we have laid out for you. We can't, we can't make you ultimately um, conform to what, to what the truth is and to what is good. Right. And what is beautiful. You ultimately have to conform yourself to it or, or not. Right. And I think that there's really um, something beautiful and right that the little uh, seedling and starting point of human existence, the family, would be so uh, so much a pattern or a type for God's plan for all of humanity, for all of human existence. There's something really, um, really true there. No question. And that, that, that kind of, it, it points to the fact that it, there is sacramentality in it. I mean, Ephesians 5, if you just look at it, I mean, Paul himself, St. Paul is making a comparison between the husband and Christ and and the wife and the church, and from that from that relationship comes children. And so there, there's a reason why the family has been called the domestic church. It is, it is meant to mirror um, intentionally. I mean, we have to intentionally do it, I, you know, from a purely matter of fact standpoint that it, it, everything there to mirror that is there. <laughs> um, but it, Again, it takes our will to do it. But before I even get started, because there's a lot there, the thing I love about it is stuff we've talked about before, which is you don't know when windows are going to open when you're talking with your children. Right, right. And and that's where you have to be ready (laughs) to engage when those are opening. Because if you look at it from the standpoint of Holy Spirit, we just had Pentecost um, Sunday, Holy Spirit's working, and so if you have a child that it it doesn't even have, I mean doesn't have to be even as deep as his I mean his, as he's as which what which one was this which this is the oldest the oldest oldest you boy. know so he he it could be a younger question about anything but you have to see and be open to the Holy Spirit opening those doors and allowing for that and the and the the cool thing about it and this is so first. You took the opportunity on the way to baseball practice or on the way back from baseball practice or going to the grocery store, whatever you were doing, that's typically where it happens. It, it, it happens in a window of time, often when you're going somewhere else, um, if you've built a culture where your kids can do that, yeah. that, that it's important to engage and, uh, and, and let them know, I, what a great point, glad you're listening, here's an extension of that. The other cool thing is it's the way parenting works. 
as you engage in that, the Holy Spirit can actually open you up to think about new things or things that are common in different ways. Because as with any you know, any sacrament, there's, to use a bigger word from my old professor, there's kind of polyvalency, there's kind of like all these layers mm. of We got microcosm today, we got polyvalency <laughs> yeah. today already. Polyvalent, I think, just means there's multiple layers that, that can be you know, unraveled or kind of come as you, as you engage in what you're supposed to be doing. So it's a gift to the Holy Spirit that your child makes that comment. It's a gift that you respond that way. And then it's a further gift that you actually, oh, wow, this is something I hadn't really thought about as, as you're talking about. That's, that is the beauty of the grace of the sacrament of marriage and somebody living out that it, that kind of stuff happens all the time Yeah, in different ways. And it doesn't have to be a theological issue, but it can be that moment when, you know, you're upset with a child, like Stephanie used to say, yes, you know, why don't you just do what I say? (laughs) I'll explain why, but why don't you just obey? Right. You know, and then she, you know, gets the sense like, well, yeah, I could say the same thing as a father to you. Why aren't you? Or as, you know, and, and so those things happen as you parent. That's where it comes out. So be open to those things. With regard to what you're talking about, that that is almost the backbone or maybe the maybe the flesh that surrounds the, the idea of, of the mystery of parenthood mm. with regard to the family meaning – and, and for us to intentionally and willingly do our best, even in our fallen nature, even amidst our many faults and ways that we act contrary to that, that, that we recognize that we're supposed to mm-hmm. be an accurate reflection of the church and the relationship between Christ and the church and that relationship with their with their children. Mm-hmm. I, I think also what you're saying makes me think, too, about we as parents are also in a way— scattering the seed. Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're being intentional about what we do, but in the same way, in a kind of a larger way, we are also, we're just, we're sowing the seeds of our, of our values, of our beliefs, of our example all the time to our children. And, you know, sometimes it's going to fall on rocky ground. Sometimes it's going to fall on good soil. Sometimes it's going to be eaten up by the birds. Like there's a lot, that's really true for, I guess that's true for, for family life, because it's it's true, so naturally it is true. It would, it's, and, and but so, it's so, it's reflected. I mean, it's so it's so very true in in family life, right? And 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 again, we always say, you know, it's not you know, it's not the the hundred dollar bills you put it in an account. It's the pennies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I told the story about my good friend whose father died, and they went and found, and they found like. Five hundred and eighty dollars in pennies. I mean, they had, they couldn't even pick it up. It, the guy had just been pitching pennies into this box, you know, that he had, and over years had accumulated this huge amount. Well, the the what what I think what you're saying it's like the scattering of the seed. You don't know what pennies going to take, but you know that the more that that they get it, mm-hmm. the more they have available to them when. Something new comes. The more they have um, available to them, you know, what would dad do, or you know, what what would mom think about this? Yeah, that's like the that's the idea of looking at that parable from the idea of we all have those types of ground in our heart right. all the time. So the more seed that's scattered out, the more likely that some some of the seeds going to land on the good ground, and it will take it will take root with yeah. us. Absolutely, and I, and and I think that that's that's part of it. So so you always got to be have your you know old football coach head on a swivel. I mean you're right. you're always, right. you're always got to be you got to be looking for the looking for mm-hmm. what's coming, mm-hmm. and, and because you don't always know when it's going to come or where it's going to come from or yep. who's going to bring it, and so there's never a time when you just you know when particularly when you're taking your child to a practice or you're in a car on a trip or something like that, there should be a prayer said, I think, because those tend to be mm-hmm. confined times with mm-hmm. your, when mm-hmm. you're with them, that whatever's in their heart, mm-hmm. whatever's on your heart, that you would mm-hmm. build a culture where I could, we can, I can say that to dad or yeah. I can say that to mom. Yeah. 
Um, and head on a swivel related to uh, things of faith. I mean, that's got to be in the catechism. Come on. Well, if it's that is totally pure catechism. Catechism is built is built on uh, <laughs> on by football background. Oh, but but, but head on I, a swivel. Head on a swivel. I mean, I don't know if you don't know what that means. I mean, I've 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 been. I know what it means. I've been. I've been blindsided uh-huh. because my head wasn't on a swivel. Uh-huh. Your, your head needs to be looking around at what's mm-hmm. coming. Mm-hmm. And, and just, that's just the image that I think as parents we should have. Yep. And, and it, it can be a penny. It can be just one comment. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be a long discussion. Um, if it needs to be, it can be. And even if you don't have time then, hey, you know, let's put a pen in it and let's talk about this later. Right. But always make sure that if you say, let's talk about it later, that you, that you instigate, Hey, you remember. Yeah. That's always risky that we're going to talk about it later because life, life happens. And exactly. And so you, if you're going to say that, and sometimes you might have to, yeah. I mean, like if a game's yeah. starting and you're in the middle of conversation, <laughs> right. he has an obligation to his team, right. Then, then he's got to go. But it really is the parent. I think it's, it's our job. If we say, We'll talk about. Let's talk about that later. I think it's a great topic, great thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. Then you have to f- put that down and really say, "I'm going to bring it up" because the child may not. They opened a window. You want to make sure that it is left open. Um, and certainly, if you're in a hurry, you need to say, "Great point. We, we just don't have time to talk about it." But I think we need to talk about it. That can be the way that that goes. So yeah. anyway, so I think from from the standpoint of that, the other thing that I think is cool about the conversation is he's already becoming aware of the dignity that we should have recognized in our own children that they should that they should that they should recognize because of the way we deal with them and how that is a reflection of the way God sees us. He does not want, nor does he intend to force us to do anything. He doesn't, that that would not be loving to force somebody to do it. Right. But he will, God will pitch those pennies our way. God will give you that thought or that comment, or you'll recognize, you'll recognize that certain words are, are, popping out to you more like oh, I heard that I read that verse I've never seen that before mm-hmm. or or somebody will say one thing and at one context and it's in a, and you go to another place and you hear a similar those are things that mean your antenna's got to be up in terms of is God trying to reveal because when you're fulfilling your role as a parent I, I think it is it is when you're trying to do your best to be a good parent God is going to reward that not only with the words that need to be said or the thoughts that need to happen or the love that needs, but he's going to also pour out graces that allow you to begin to unpack more mm-hmm. of what you already know. And that's the, that's kind of the mystery. I mean, you're going to learn, I learn, the more I try to do what God's given me in terms of raising children. I know that God, in raising me as his child, as I am faithful to what he's charged me, he will give me more graces so that I can begin to see, oh, wow, that applies to me. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know how many times that I remember saying something to a child and then at the same time realizing, oh, (laughs) I can hear you saying that to me. Um, oh yeah, all the time. Yeah. So, I, and, and I, I think that's an interesting way of seeing how. That's another way that my connection, those two types or those two um, events, kind of fit together. So, you're also saying that just in the same way that family life is a is an image of um, God's larger plan for humanity. You're also saying that um, as you're kind of living that out with your children, he is in that moment. Yes. Like living out his plan through, through you to you. He's giving you what you need just and, and through you, you're giving your kids what they need. And then he's so that they can then do what they need what he needs them to do. Well, I mean, Fulton Sheen talks about marriage. You know, it takes three. It's very beautiful. You know, it takes three. Mm-hmm. Well, I think of the same thing as parenting. When you're parenting, there, there, 
there's more at work than just you and that child and the circumstances. There's more things. And whether we recognize it or not doesn't mean it's not true. Um, It it is something that we we should be excited about. That's why, really, to be honest, I mean— so many people talk about how hard it is to raise kids, and, and and it isn't easy. There's nothing worth doing that's easy. But but there's nothing to be bored about with regard to that. But the way we raise our kids should be an attempt, even though we're we're gonna we're gonna fail because we are sinful, but we should be attempting to try to mimic the way God does raises his children. Um, I always start with the fact that, you know, there was all this time that we were taking, we were going to these classes and, and, and it was a, it was a great class called growing kids God's way. But, but there was a sense that, okay, if you do things the way we teach you to do it, then your children are going to respond this way. Well, what we found was we, we must be really bad at doing it because our kids didn't respond the way that, that they did, and the reality is, is you know, one th- the uniqueness and individuality and um, irrepeatable, or, uh, unrepeatableness of the of the child to be unrepeatable and unique is something. Unique. So the conversation you're having with your oldest son may look different with with another one of your children because the question might be different because they're 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 a different child. You it may not. Be good to say, hey, let's talk about this with everybody because they may not think this. They're not thinking. They're not at the same spot, the same way that that another is. Um, and so there's some that are real cerebral, and there's some that are it's something else. But you have to be aware of that. But the dignity is in the fact that number one, he wasn't afraid to make a comment. Um, that's good. You want to build a place where people aren't afraid to do that, but you also want to show them their dignity that, yeah, you, you have the, you have the ability with your will to go outside of the lines we draw, you know, but as parents, I think it's important. And I see this mistake made all the time that we're always moving towards as they grow older and they show the ability to handle freedoms that you extend those freedoms and allow them as a parent thinking through what, 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 what's appropriate for their age and their development, allow them to make those decisions. Because I have seen people that, that, you know, they, they put them in a funnel, they put them in a tube mm-hmm. and they, they make every decision for them. They don't allow them to make a mistake. And when they get older, when they get to the point of, uh, being um, when they get to the point of eighteen or you know moving out, um, have you taught them? Have you coached them? This is how you make these decisions. This is how have you allowed them? Well, that was a mistake. <laughs> Shouldn't have done that. Um, and then that's where yeah. we talk about we're not we're not like it's not like a forming. Um, it's more like put making sure they stay inside the. The funnel, or the or the the experimental place. I don't know where you're where you're helping them. I'm I'm lacking for terms. Where you're allowing them to grow and make mistakes, but you're also as a parent saying that you're not capable of making that decision right now. One day you will. One day you'll have to. You know. So it, you know there may be a movie that they want to see and all their kids are seeing, and you'd say. You're not where you can you, you can't see that right now. I mean, the passion of the Christ. We let some kids, the triplets are all the same age, which is always interesting. We let some of them watch the passion while we told the the third because of the way she responded to certain things. You're not ready for this. So sometimes it's a parenting, even different. Even if it's not like okay, you reach a certain age. That's that. It's there's a certain level of okay. We think you're ready, but that's our job. The other thing is, as a parent, which is what what you're doing, is when you te- when you're talking to them, you can say, "Look, I have to make a call." All mm-hmm. right, we're always tending towards freedom. We're, I mean, we're always trying to get you to where you're making your own decisions. Sometimes I'm going to make a decision for you because I think you're not capable of making that decision, or you don't have all the facts, or you don't know something. Could I be wrong? Yes, I could. 
but I have to live with this. <laughs> so I'm going to do the best I can. And, you know, down the road, I may say, you know, that was a mistake. I should have let you do that. Or I should have. So there's that tension as a parent that, that, that shows their dignity. And the dignity is you do have the ability to choose. But as a parent, like God, you have to, you, you don't just give them full, hey, just do whatever you want. You are bringing them up kind of in the way that they should go by their limitations. But inside this, it's just like in the garden, you know, I mean, it's very simple yeah. in the garden, you know, here have, you can do anything here, but not that, you know, so you have a limitation. That's what we as parents should be doing, but it, it speaks to the dignity because even in the garden, there was dignity that God gave to them. He didn't say, I'm going to put barbed wire and electric fences around it. No, you're going to have to willingly choose to right. obey me. Right. And you can disobey me. But again, it gets back to, to love. So I think that that's central to what you're trying to do. And what we were wanting to do is reinforce them as recognizing that they have, are, have a dignity of a human being, even as they're young. And that you, again, I think it's so important to let them know what you're doing. To This is why I'm doing this. There's a day when you will make this decision on your own. Right. Now's not the time, but maybe two years from now is the time. It's my job to get you prepared for that. So I'm not ever going to just make every decision for you, but you have so much dignity that I'm going to protect that and allow you wherever you are. You know, if you're a six-year-old, there'd be smaller freedoms. If you're a 16-year-old, there'd be more freedoms. If you're a 26-year-old, you should be on your own. <laughs> yeah, I think another interesting direction I could take that conversation again in again, or if it comes back around, which it surely will, maybe not with this one, but with another child, um, you know, he explained that he said uh, it kind of grew out of him saying, well, you know, why do why do some people not respond to the truth? Why do some people not choose to follow the true religion? And you could turn that back around on the child and say, well, you know, why, why don't you always do exactly what mom and pa want? Why do you not choose to, why do you choose to not some, to sometimes not um, walk in the path that we've kind of marked out for you to go and get them to do some self-reflection on, yeah, why do I choose to go my own way? And, well, it's part of me, you can read, you have, you have, you know, you have, Romans seven and eight, where Paul said, "Why do you know the thing that I don't want to do, I do, and the thing that I know I should do, I don't do." Mm -hmm. I mean, that's catechism. <laughs> yeah, but but it is effectively we'll, we'll what he's slide. saying. We'll seven, but it, but it, but it is what he's saying in Romans seven and eight is that there is this tension because of concupiscence for people right. to choose what they think is best for them, when in fact most people standing back and say, that's not, that isn't good for you, mm -hmm. but they think it is for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And so, and then you can get him into some even maybe more specific self-reflection and get him, you know, maybe they can help work out and say, Oh man, it's cause I, I'm afraid. I don't, I don't really want to, I don't think I can really grow into being more than what I, what I am right now. So I just kind of stay in my same patterns or I don't trust that really it's going to be good for me Sorry. in the long run. Well, um, I, think, I mean, yeah. And, and that's, so that's, that's where, so there's another, there's so many mirrors in terms of what's going on in parenting that, that are, that are reflected in, in the church. You know, we, if you look at, if you look at the church in the way we're, we're supposed to assent to what the church teaches, um, particularly in faith and morals. We can ask why, and for that reason, you have a do the Catholic Catechism, not the Cashin not the Cashicism, but but because there will be pretty close to accurate, and then you'll just not get all the football <laughs> <laughs> references. But but it's okay to ask why, but.
But the assumption is, yeah, so, so, so from a parenting standpoint, we always said we required of our children that if we said to do something, th- the response was always yes. So th- that was the way we raised our kids. The first response is yes, mom, yes, dad. All right. We did allow them the freedom to ask after they said yes. <laughs> May I ask why? Again, that's a humble request just by framing it. So we gave them that language. Mm. You were going to say, yes, mom, yes, dad, when we tell you, please go clean your room. Mm -hmm. Uh, May I ask why I wouldn't fit there? But, you know, you're not going to go do this with your friends. Right. Yes, mom. Yes, dad. Even Even if they wanted to say no, we said you have to say yes. But you may ask why, and it's our job for for us to require first-time obedience, but then we also owed it to you to let you inside of what we're thinking, but there may not be time to do that. Like, stop playing with that. We're headed to, right. you know, so, so you, don't, you don't do that. But I think it's so important to look at what the church asks of us. Yes, Mom to what she teaches. Why may I ask why? And the que- the answer is yes. Go to a priest, pick up the catechism. And then if you don't understand it from that, then then engage with somebody else and ask them that knows more than you. Ex- can you explain it to me? And that's part of the dignity as well because the reality is is any authority, particularly the church and parents are meant to be at the service of those people that they're over, <laughs> that they're over them. It's for the sake of the other. And so we've talked about this before, but it's for the sake of your child, the oldest, that you had the conversation. Yeah, for right? sure. It's for his sake that you had the conversation. It's for his direction guidance, whatever. And you have to tell your children over and over that I'm at your service. But part of me being at your service is to know when to tell you, no, that's not a good thing. Right. And again, you can look to the church and what the church says about herself and recognize that we're children. We're children of God in his church under his mother as, as the guide and director that we can look and say, we should assent just as we should require our children to assent. But it needs to become ours. Mm-hmm. So the goal of parenting is not to have a child that does all the right things when he's required, not that he just says, yes, mom, yes, dad, and does it. It's that they begin to understand why so that it becomes that their own. So that when they have the full ability to make a decision on their own when they're 20 years old and they're confronted with something or 30 that they have in their tool package. This is how I'm going to make this decision. Right. And if you're, if you're parenting to just get outward obedience, and I think that's what a lot of people think that being part of the Catholic church is, you know, there's all these rules. Well, the rules are there for you. They're not there to impose on you. They're, they're there to direct you in terms of what's the best thing for you, what's going to get you to become better than you are today. And that's what the church says about herself. That we're, I mean, I just was reading Redemptor Hominus again, and, and he says it's, it's all about the church is here for man and woman. That's, that, that's its entire existence is, is meant to gain them their salvation, but to help them become who they were meant to be, who they were created to be by giving them direction and them and for humanity to freely attach themselves to that and, and work towards that. Mm -hmm. What's parenting? It's the same thing. Yes. I mean, the the parenting is we want them to make it their own. Exactly. The only way you can do that, you can't just have rules without why. Why? Because if it's just rules, then it's seen as the way I think the church is seen frequently, inaccurately, as being a rule imposer. 
Mm-hmm. It's only when you don't recognize that the rule is imposed to protect you. It's for your sake, not for somebody being charged. And that's why I think in this culture, it's so important as parents to say, I'm in an authority over you, but I'm not like any authority that you see in the world. And it's not the way that the world says, because even Jesus says in, in the world, they will lord it over you. Right, right. And he says, but I'm not that way. I'm here to serve you. So if God comes down as a man and is willing to serve, that's it. But he doesn't say, do whatever you want. Go and sin no more. He doesn't say, I'm going to protect you from that. He says, see my mercy and give it to you. And so I think that we can learn a lot about principles of parenting from an accurate understanding of what the church is meant to be and, and how she's supposed to lead her children. And again, it's important. You can take that too and, and, and think about this. I'm a, I make mistakes as a leader does not diminish the fact that I'm meant to be the father. Mm-hmm. And, and if I'm attempting to do the best I can, I will still make mistakes I will still make wrong decisions. Same thing, but they still should defer to me because of my position. Same thing with the church. You're going to see people in authority that make decisions that you think are wrong. Or actually do objectively wrong or things. Or do objectively wrong things. And again, it's the, the position is still worthy of um, submission. As long as it's not, as long as they're not having you do something you shouldn't be do, but to give the benefit of the doubt to the position, because that, that's why I always say, you know, that with our, with our, even with school, right? You know, teachers, we always say you, the position is owed due respect. It's even attacking. I mean, like I see it now, and I've seen it later when Obama was, you know, is not my president, you know, and mm-hmm. and and other people's when Trump again, he's not my president. Well, mm-hmm. no, he is either of those. Whether who doesn't matter. Oh, Barack Obama was my president. Right. Donald Trump was my president. Today, Joe Biden is my president. Right. We're losing that. It's like the right. the position is not held. There's something about the position. You know, you watch The Crown, you know, if you've ever watched that about that, and there's they point to that. There's something about that position, even if you've got a person that you don't agree with in it. Right. Right? Well, as parents, we're going to hopefully do better than them at being president. Um, but we have to work with our children to show them that authority properly understood, and certainly if we're accurately reflecting the way God has set up his authority in the church that we should show assent with a humble why and then a searching I'm going to stay here and I'm going to learn why well we as parents can use that authorities for your service and that's what I used to always gauge myself I used to say am I am I telling them no simply to make my life easier <laughs> or Am I telling them no because it's in their interest? And if you're honest, there are times when you are doing it simply because, well, that's lording it over them. Mm-hmm. And then there's other times when you have to point out, I, I'm doing this. But if I make a mistake, so people in authority make mistakes, I have to go to my child and tell them <laughs> that was a bad mistake or I didn't handle that the way it should have been handled. Will you please forgive me? And I think that, again, shows that you can have people in authority that make mistakes and still you respect the position, right? I mean, that's going away, I think. I mean, for almost 10 years, it's not my president. Oh, yeah, he is your president. Joe Biden is my president today, for better, for worse, you know, so. Yeah, and like in within the church, you know, you're – just te- teaching your children that the office of priest deserves a certain amount of respect. It deserves a certain amount of, you know, gratitude, right. appreciation. It has a particular 
very, very particular, important role to play in our in the economy of salvation, in our faith. That does not mean that we're supposed to be, you know, obsequious um, to the priests who are in our midst, or we're supposed to, right. you know, scurry around and do whatever it is that they ask us to. No, it's you're not giving the respect to the person; it's to the office of right, right. And you, priest, you know, bishop, pope, and you can in in some circumstances you can respectfully say no particularly because mm-hmm. we have there's more to it than just what a priest is saying there we can go and say the church teaches this and i have been in a situation where a priest has taught something contrary to what i know the church to teach you would not obey particularly on a matter of faith and morals that the church is already clear on just because your priest said that, but right. you still would exactly. owe him. You would talk to him in a way, if you were going to do it, with all due respect, there would be a way that you would handle that. Exactly. Because of the position, it w- which would not include assenting to that. And on the flip side, the priest, the bishop, the pope, should recognize that because of the office that they hold, there are certain ways that they cannot interact, they cannot talk right. with, they cannot act around the laity because of the office that they hold, no matter which which points us to the fact that, that to no matter that what. well that but that points to the fact that there are certain things you don't share with your children. Right. I mean there are things that you and your wife will discuss and you'll handle it. You don't open up everything to them. You know, there's there are certain things that you um that you as a parent say, okay, at six years old, we don't need to be sharing. That's more information than they need right. at this point. It's yeah. It's, it seems like um, there is a a loss of a sense of um, you actually do act differently in different situations and uh, around yeah, different people. There, you don't just act the same way everywhere you are. Absolutely. Or around the same, the same around different, whatever group of people you are. That's not, I mean, you know, I was at a funeral and a, and, and at a graduation on the same day. I mean, you, you, different circumstances. You weren't hooking it at the, at the funeral? You weren't hooking it? No, I wasn't, I was not. (laughs) I mean, nor was I, you know, I mean, there, that's part of being human is recognizing there's a way that I behave, which is why when you go to church, to require that your children don't do things that they might do at other places where they're sitting around yeah. is appropriate. Right. I mean, not only appropriate, it's it's really the right thing to do. Right. You and cannot, but you can't talk with your brother here. Right. <laughs> and that gets back to, that's just a very concrete example of what we started the whole conversation with of you're just, you're constantly giving out those that directions, the example, you're setting a certain standard, you're, you're teaching, you're showing for, for your children. And eventually they're going to either assent to it right, or make it their own, live in that truth or, or they're not. And then you got to kind of, well, maybe we can wrap up with this idea of, with this idea. You have to also, as a parent, it would seem to me, at that point, you also have to, if they decide not to consent, you know, not to live in that example you've given them, you have to be willing to then shake, kind of shake the dust from your feet in a, in a certain sense. In a sense. I mean, I think it's, so you can love somebody and not um, agree with them. Mm-hmm. And, and if... You know, I'm at the point where all my kids are kind of out. So I've, out of the funnel. To, I, I've all told them it's they're in their own funnel for the most part, except when they come home, we're about to reestablish a funnel as, as, as they're at our house. Uh, triplets, coming, if you're listening, coming, you better get ready. Well, no, I mean, there's, there's four of them back and, you know, coming in at three o'clock, you know, <laughs> on, on a weeknight. <laughs> That's just, I mean, but again, the way I would approach that would be, would be more like, hey, you guys know that I have a hard time sleeping when y'all are out and about. Sure. 
and I'm okay once in a while, but but can we just can you forewarn me and then can you mm-hmm. make sure it's not every night? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I was on that other I was on the other end of things at one point in my life. Well, so I, was I. I remember that. I, I remember so was I. Days. But I mean, but you again as a parent, I'm going to approach them differently yeah. than if they were ten. It's going to be more of a of a discussion, a conversation. Right. Let's come to a let's come to a common sense of of things here. Yeah, I mean, you care about me. I care about you. I want you to have fun. I want you to enjoy yourself and right. see your friends. But right. you're living in this house with us, and, and so Mimi's there too. Mimi's there too, and and there's just we, we got to come to a common common ground on that. Yeah, but but again, you're you're still kind of parenting. But at the time, and we Stephanie, I always said, and I think this should be. We're always going to be their parent, exactly. But 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 at some point, they we want them to be people that we would like to be friends with. We want to have raised people that we respect. Yep. That we trust their opinion, because at when when a child's twenty six or or twenty five or twenty six, yep. You know, so I've you know one of the fruits, one of the great fruits is to watch your child make decisions and and listen or to get feedback from them. And you go, wow, that's a really good point mm-hmm. where they're more, I'm always going to, you, you respect me, <laughs> you know? Um, well, I mean, this, this happened. I mean, this is kind of a going back to the position. I remember when one of my boys was probably 13 or so, and it, it happens every once in a while, certain personalities, he kind of bowed up to me. Mm. And so, so, so what I said is you don't want any of that. I mean, you're, you're, but, but, but what I did say, I, I furthered that by saying, Hey, let me, let me explain something to you. One day you'll be able to whip my tail. Mm-hmm. One, one day, I don't know when it is, you're going to be bigger, stronger, whatever. Mm-hmm. This is not about me being bigger than you and you obeying. It's about me being your father. And mm-hmm. and and making that distinction, it's not because I have power over you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's because of who I am, mm-hmm. and all that I've ever done or tried to do mm-hmm. is to figure out how to help you become everything that God wants you to be. Mm-hmm. Those type of things need to be said over and over again, and you need to accurately reflect that. You can't mm-hmm. just say it. That's good. But but it's it's a fact. It's a fact. So you you really have to be in the mode of. I'm trying to raise an adult here. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to get them to be an adult. When mm-hmm. they roll out of my house, can I look them in the eye and say, I've delivered everything that I need to deliver. Maybe messed up on a few things, but you know well enough how to make a decision. You know well enough how to deal with a situation. Right. You know, if you don't know how to do it, you know who to go ask. Right. And that's where you want them to be at 20 years old. Or twenty five years old, yep. but I asked my bro, I asked my two oldest who've been gone for years now, or you know two to four years out of the house on their own. One's married, one's married, and both of them have jobs and have done. I've asked their opinion on things like, well, how would you handle this? Just like they'll call and ask, and I'm always amazed at the type of advice they give. I'm like, that's really good. Thank you. I mean, and that's the way we got to look at the end. You know, always one of the seven was keep the end in mind. I mean, sure. <laughs> the end ultimately is to get them to heaven. But in the interim, they got to live a life. Yep. So if I give them, them the tools, the arsenal, to be able to go out in this crazy world and live as a Catholic in a in a way that draws others to them and that shows the world that there's something different. You know, I mean, you think about what like the Israelites always, you know, people would see the Israelites and and they'd go like, look at your God. He who what God gives this to their to his children. They were always amazed by the by the rules that that God gave. I mean, other nations were impressed by that. Well, how was that? It's the way they lived when Mm -hmm. they were living appropriately. Well, that's what you hope. You send your kids out and people go, what happened? So, yeah, I mean, how, right. do they, how do they get there? So you're carrying on the mission. I would say you're a Christian first, but you're a cash in second. <laughs> and 
and you're you're carrying the Christian name out there first, but you're also carrying my name out there. And that's not as important as being a Christian, but it is important. So always be thinking, do Cashins do this? And that's how we would use those terms. Cashins don't do that, or Cashins do do it, which is part of getting to that mission and an idea of what our family's about, the traditions, the things that are a subset of being a Christian. Right. Right. So. Yeah. And I think, I think that is a, that's a really good place to, to wrap up and end, end with is that, yeah, your ultimate goal is for their salvation. You want them to attain salvation, but they have to live a life as a part of their, they've got to live their pilgrimage. They got to walk their pilgrimage. Right. And you as a parent are trying to just fill their, you know, fill their bag with, with as much of what they need for the journey as you can possibly know. And you've got a great guide in the wisdom of the church. And, and just to look at how the church, understand. And you're not going to be able to walk that whole pilgrimage with them. No, you can't. There's, I mean, you have no guarantee. So, but you, that's exactly why you have to you have to train them up in the way they should go. Yep. As Proverbs, I say, I've already forgot. I think it's Proverbs twenty two six. However, um, I know we're getting we're at the end, um, but I hope this has been helpful, guys. And um, go out there and do it. Trust God. Do good. He will act every time. So remember, pray. Parent with a purpose and prepare for God to amaze you. He will, I promise. God bless you guys. Pray for us. We'll be praying for you. Bye.